Left off, we're, we're kind of in the, in the, the story of Jesus going into uh, an area that is not typically, um, not typically, not an area that most people went into if you were an Israelite. There was an area called the Samaritan area, it was called Samaria, and, and Israelites didn't go there because, you know, they didn't really like them and they were kind of doing their own thing. They were, to, to some Israelites, they were not truly an Israelite because they were um, unfaithful to God at one point in their life and they mixed their culture and their race with another Gentile nation. So that became uh, the Samaritan people. Um, And Jesus was going and sending a message by going into Samaria. He was overtly communicating, telegraphing what is to come. And what is to come was he was preparing the way for the gospel to come to all people, everybody. The plan was never to be, remain an Israelite relationship with God. The plan the whole time was all nations. And so that's why Jesus tells us in Matthew 28 to go into all the nations because all those Gentile nations were to be restored back to God. Because he, what God really wants, what he really desires is he wants to be with you. He wants to be with humanity back again in his presence like it was in the Garden of Eden. That's the goal, is to get back. So throughout the Bible, you always see references that goes back to Eden because that's where God wants us to be, with him enjoying life in his presence. And today we call that heaven, right? And we're gonna get to heaven one day. So, the, the title of this lesson is Preparing the Way. The, the theme for this first part of the year is Preparing the Way. Because I want to put in your, in your brain, in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, embed this, that preparing the way for people in the nations, in our neighborhood, in our cities, in our block, in our schools, at our next cubicle, to become disciples of Jesus. Amen. Preparing the way. Does that make sense? So the story that we're in is in John chapter 4. Jesus goes into this area and he stops at a well. He's a little tired. He goes there. This well is in the middle of a town called Shechem or Sikhar, however you want to say it. And he's tired. And it's, the well is sort of a, an area where people congregate. You know, it's, it could be the water cooler at your job. It could be the, the coffee pot at the, in the kitchen at your job. It's a place where people congregate in the town and so it was there was a very there's very famous people that were that were met there and they ended up getting married there and so john and john illustrates this the story because jesus is going into foreign lands here and he's really trying to send a message that he's preparing the way for the gentiles to receive the gospel because they are a part of god's plan yeah they've made mistake these people have made mistakes, uh, they've made poor decisions, but to Jesus, we've all made poor decisions. We've all made mistakes. And there are people that are in our life that we can call Samaritans. Like, ooh, be careful over there. He's over there, he's not doing well. Or he's, we have people that we're like, we're not sure about, but they happen to be in our sphere of influence. They happen to be at our work site, our job, our neighborhood. And they're there for a reason because the gospel also is for them as well, not just for you. And some of the Israelites' posture was like, it's for us and good luck with you. 
And I don't want us to become that church where it's for us and not for them. It's for everybody. And so we've learned that Jesus went into this area that it was not a welcoming environment. And you may find yourself going into an unwelcoming environment to reach people that you know, that you see, that you do life with. You don't agree with their lifestyle or what they're doing, but they're there anyway. And you might call them Samaritans. Okay. So in this area of Samaria, uh, I thought I made that bigger, but maybe I didn't. Mount, Mount Gerasim and Mount Ebo are two like mountains. They're not really huge mountains, but they're, they're called mountains. And in the middle of Shechem, that's where the well is at. And so there was a lot of historical, um, um, historical events that took place. When Moses was around, he took uh, half the people and put them on one mountain and half the people and he put them on, a, on another mountain. And he says, you got to choose for yourself the blessings or the curses. The blessings meant you're going to obey and love it, fall in love with God and listen to God and trust God and not worship any other gods. And the curses were you're going to disobey, go on your own, do your own thing, live your own way, live your own life. And so he says, you have to choose for yourself. Blessings or curses. Do we not have to choose today our blessing or curses? We have to choose whether we're going to obey God or we're not going to obey God. And God wants us all to obey and, and be blessed by Him. So it comes down to a concept that I talked about a few weeks ago. Opinion over truth. We all have opinions. We, we, and opinions are great. But our opinions should never override truth. That's why in the Bible it's, sometimes it says, well, I think this versus Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Whenever you see when Jesus says, I tell you the truth, that's the truth. He's not like, you know, he's not giving you his opinion. He's saying, this is the truth. And a lot of times our opinion can sometimes override truth because we rationalize it so much that we almost minimize that he says, I tell you the truth. But the road is narrow for those who want to come into the kingdom, right? There's, there's all kinds of phrases like that. It also says feelings versus scripture. Feelings are so powerful, are they not? I mean, feelings are amazing, they're intense, they're crazy, they're good, but should it override Scripture? No. I feel verses when the Bible says, it is written. It said, it literally says this. That's what it literally says. And sometimes our feelings can come up and rub against these two concepts. It is written, and I tell you the truth. And so we have to choose blessings or curses. The blessings is, is when we respond to it is written. When we respond to I tell you the truth. We live according to those statements. There's plenty of room for opinion. God gives us so much room for opinion. It's not even funny. But there are other areas. He goes, this is not an opinion matter. This is the truth. And if you want to obey and get the blessings, this is how you should live. That make sense? So... Many, so here's, 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 here's a, a, a truth. God wants you, as a Christian, to impact other people to become Christians. Sometimes you can be like, well, I'm, that's not my strength. That's not my gift. It doesn't say that. It says that is your calling, whether it's your strength or not your strength, or you're, you can talk a lot or you talk a little. That's why... The people that you know, you can influence them by your example, how you live your life. In the nation of Israel, 
their job was to live so awesomely that other nations would see them and go on, who is your God? That's amazing. And in many ways, people look at our lives and wonder, man, that's amazing. This person has an honest character, integrity. These are very valuable characteristics. And there are many passages that teach us that we plant seeds, we water them, and God makes it grow. It is written, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Live a life that inspires those around you. Here's the truth. God wants all men to be saved. Right? That's why you're here. It's awesome. God, thank you. Right? God wants you to help men be saved. Go make disciples of those in your life. And I want you to make a list sometime today until the next few weeks. Make a list and write it down somewhere where you're going to see it every day to remind you to pray for people around you. It's a list. It's a list of people that, that you know. Now, it's not a list of those you like. It's a list of those that are actually around you at the current time. And the list can change in six months. But for right now, this is the list. There's Jill, there's Michelle, there's Bob, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's Guy, and there's this guy I don't like. But he's there. He may bump into you, and you're, he, he asks you a question. So what did you do last weekend? You're like, I'm not telling you. No, that's the, that's the time. He's... That's, he's there. This is the time to engage and to lean in. But he's got a weird personality. It's okay. All men to be saved. Yeah. A lot of times we go, well, I don't feel like, you know, he's not my kind of, I, do I have to invent? It is written. All right? I tell you the truth. These are the times where we can be put in situations where fish literally jump into the fisherman's boat. And we're like, get out of here, fish. <laughs> they literally sometimes jump in out of nowhere. Karen was at the gym the other day wearing her UCI sweatshirt. Surprised she still fits in that. But she, but she wears, you know, how it gets old and raggedy and it's all. But she had a UCI sweatshirt on and she was at the gym and some woman comes running out and tells her, did you go to UCI? She goes, yes, I did. I went to UCI. Fist jumped on the boat. Turns out she's a doctor. I was like, nice, Karen, get that fish. Nice. And then there's me. I'm at the gym. A guy walks by. You using that rack? Yeah, man. I'm using that rack. <laughs> oh, he's trying to jump in the boat and I missed it. It's a time to, you know, trying to talk in the gym, but he was literally jumping in my boat. I'm like, ah, next time I see, now I see God. I want to expand your mind to prepare the way for people. They're coming in all places. God is always throwing stuff at us because they're in our world. But sometimes we just don't see because we give into our feelings. We give into our opinions that override some of the things that are really important for us to, to embrace. We talked about worshiping. You know, the, 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 the problem when John, when, when John writes about Jesus meeting this woman, she's like, well, where do we worship? This mountain or that mountain? This well? Or, you know, you G Jewish guys are go down in Jerusalem, but, you know, our father said we worship here. And so we learned about worship. And we broke down worship is, is literally bowing down. In the Old Testament, it's written 250 times. And actually, the whole Bible, 250 times. 1.2%, three passages, has music involved in worship. Now, can you worship while you're doing music? Yeah. 
But the scriptures separate the two as praising God and worshiping God. Bowing down and surrendering our lives. And one of the first places it's used in in the English translation is is when Abraham is going to sacrifice his son Isaac. And he says, I'm going to go worship over there. We learn that a time is coming where the worshipers have to worship in truth and in spirit. And the worshipers must worship. This is the kind of worshipers that God is looking for. So we have, we define worship. We know that it's, it's, a, it's a message. It's dwelling. The word of God, hymns and psalms. Those are good things. Those are awesome things. But this is better. Kneeling in submission is better. Praying is better. Reading and obeying our Bible is better. Caring for others. And it starts there. It starts in our worship. How we worship God. And we also learn that it's also the word in John chapter 4. Worship is to love, lean forward and kiss. These are the worshipers that God wants. Loving people that worship. And we also learned last week, that loving, worshiping God is serving God in sacred services to perform a sacred service. We talked about the counting team, children's ministry, the ushering team. They're worshiping God while they're here. You know, a lot of times our feelings are like, that's not worship. I'm missing the worship. I'm not in the worship. No, no, you are doing the worship. You're doing the worship. We're just praising God. You're worshiping, we're praising God. It is to reframe how we feel about serving because it's your spiritual, true, and proper worship. I learned that. I didn't know that. I was like, that's pretty awesome. That the ushers today are worshiping. The children's ministry people in there are worshiping. The counters, Dave's going to count. Later, he's going to worship. You're not missing a thing. When you do that. So in John 4, Jesus interacts with this woman and they're, you know, they talked about this mountain or that mountain, worshipers, and what are you going to do and what's happening? And then the woman goes, you know what, Jesus? All this is going to come and we're going to get the truth when the Messiah comes. I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. You know, the Hebrew word there, anoint, anointed, the Greek word is Christ. And anointed was kind of like a Jewish word. It, it, it was something that the kings went through. They got oil poured on their head for a special calling. And priests were done, uh, done that as well. And the Messiah would be a, another anointed one because he would be different because the Spirit of God would anoint him. And when Jesus was baptized, the Spirit came on him in the form of a dove. So the Samaritans, even though their religion had some twisted scriptures, they still held to the belief that a Messiah would come for them. So Jesus tells her, I am. What's interesting is that that underlying word, he, is not actually in the Greek. The translator add that so you can, you can read it better. It's not actually in the original Greek. So what he's saying is Jesus is saying, the one who is speaking to you, I am. And if an Israelite heard that, 
If an ancient Israelite heard the word, I am, they instantly thought, we have heard that before. That's when Moses was out in the burning bush and he met with God. And God had him free the, the Egyptians, I mean, the, the, the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery. And he, he, Moses asked, well, who do I tell them that sent me? And God says, you tell them I am sent you. I don't love that about God. Like, who? Now, his, his proper name is Yahweh. Because, no, nah, no, nah, you tell him I am sent. And that's the context of what Jesus is telling the woman at the well. That I am is speaking to you. He is revealing himself. He is revealing himself to an outsider. He is revealing himself in hostile territory. He is revealing who he is. Another time he uses that same phrase is in John 8. He says, very truly I tell you, he's talking to the Pharisees, before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself slipping away from the temple grounds. Verse 23, but he continued, you are from below, I am from above, you are of this world, I'm not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am. Again, that he underlined is not there. That I am. That you will indeed die in your sins. Jesus was revealing himself to the woman in Samaria. People that were on the outside. There are people that are on the, that are on the outside of a relationship with God that you know. They're on the outside, and you know it, and they know it. And this woman he's talking to, she had five husbands, and the one he, she's with now is not her husband. We know she's not an adulteress because those people got stoned or they ran for their lives. She exhausted all her options to be married and remarried. So she was a concubine and lived with the family at a lower status than a wife. This is the woman at the well, an outsider. And Jesus tells this outsider that he is the I am. He goes, she goes from an outsider to an insider. He reveals himself. What does that teach us? What does that teach us about who we are? Preparing the way. Jesus shares his identity with the woman at the well. I am. I'm the Messiah. That's me. He's the one talking to you. Should we share our identity with our friends at the well? Should we not share our identity too? Like, Haha, I'm a Christian. Hi, I'm Gia. And reveal ourselves to our friends. You know, revealing yourself could take many forms. I'm not saying there's one way of, there's many ways of doing it. You can go like, Hi, I'm Jay, want to come to church? You can do that. I mean, I guess that's, that's basic. We've done that many times. 
Sometimes it's just you being loving and doing something very loving to them, being kind to them, being nice to them, paying attention to their needs. Ooh, they have some needs there I want to meet. Revealing yourself. You know, I play in this soccer game um, on Wednesday mornings. And uh, last Wednesday, there was a controversial situation that I was involved in. The ball went out of bounds to my side. I'm, I'm the goalkeeper. And I said, oh, out of bounds. And I stepped out of bounds to the rabbit, and the player kept playing and scored a goal. And the game was close. And I felt the surge of anger. Shady. It's wrong. That's typical soccer players for you. Said out, I went out. And there was a little bit of a debate. We're going to count the goal, Gio. I was like, and then, and then people kept saying, it's two to one. It's three to one. I kept saying two to one. I was like, I just got to stop doing that. Two to one, three to one. So halftime came. I said, for the, I said, for the sake of the competition to keep it close, it's two to one. And I resolved it. And I, and I, and I, and I clasped the guy's hands who I was, um, who, who was, who, in his world, he was in, my world, he was out. He goes, thanks, Gio, man. So let's get lunch next week. Fish just jumped in the boat. I'm like, this is awesome. So I'm going to Pepperdine next week to have lunch with the head soccer coach of Pepperdine. So I'm like, yes! He invited me into the Cathedral of Church of Christ over there. It's amazing. I'm going. Maybe it's our consistency in worship. Maybe it's how we worship God. You know, faith is a discipline. It takes discipline to get up, to pray every day, to make that list of people and you pray for them. That takes discipline. Because when you get up, you want to say your prayer and you forget about your list. There are people there on that that I want you to think about and pray for. So put that list where you can see them. Put it in your phone. Put a little reminder. Put it in there. And it reminds you to pray for them because you're preparing the way for them. Because it takes consistency. It just really does. And the people that I pray for, I just happen to be able to spend time with those people. It's been great. Sometimes they're in my, sometimes the fish are close and sometimes they're away. I'm a fisherman, so they're closer away. I'm, it's always, you know, sometimes they're close and sometimes they distance themselves and they come back. And it's, but I'm always thinking about them. And I want to spend time with them. But my faith takes discipline. And it really does. And it takes our invitation to spend time with them. Not just praying for them, but inviting our friends into your life. Places that you go. Hey, I'm going to go to the movies. Do you guys want to come? Hey, I'm going to go out for a bite to eat. Do you want to join me? Hey, I'm going over here. I'm going to go on a hike. Do you want to? Just inviting them where you're going to be. Invite them. It doesn't necessarily have to be inviting here. This is a great place to invite them. But you may want to invite them to what you're doing. I'm going to a dog show. Great. He likes dogs. My friend likes dogs. I'm going to a dog show. And I want you to want to come. Or maybe I'm going to go to the Ventura County Fair. Or maybe I'm going to go to a, to a, to a certain trade show. But on my list, I know them. And I may want to think about them. And I may want to invite them to come with me. 
Spending time with people is very important. It's hugely important. It's a part of the process of revealing ourselves to them. They get to see who we are. Sometimes at work, we have to have a certain persona. When you're off work, you know, get your hair down, done, done. You put on 95.5. You just go back to who you are, right? So that's Kayla West, right? You just go back to who you are. You want people to see you. Just, just you. And that's good. And I want you to think about these three things. How loving you can show, how, how, lo- how much love you can show other people. Be consistent in your prayers for them and your faith with them and your invitation to spend time together. I've seen this in action just recently. Spending time, you find out needs, you meet needs, you spend time, you invite them to hang out, invite them to study the Bible. When people feel that you care about them, your invitation is that much more meaningful to them. When you're inviting just to invite without any love or time or attention, people are very wary of that. We call those telemarketers. We always hang up on them. We always hang up on those guys. How'd you get my number? But I was calling a doctor and the lady was, t- we were talking for 15 minutes, give my information. I was giving the person like my name, my last name, like this and that. It was just, cause you're on, you're on the phone with medical people so they're asking you a ton of questions. And, uh, my, and my, my daughter's in the room, we're just, I'm, I'm on the table, just, you know, get, get my last name, I have 1794 Roman Avenue, yeah, my wife's Miss Karen, a bunch of info. At the very end of the conversation, she goes, okay, thank you so much for the guys, all right, thank you, love you, bye. <laughs> and, and my daughter starts laughing, she's like, it, it's just hilarious. But you know what that told me, was I was talking to someone, and I got close to someone by just talking about me. I was like, I love you, bye. And I was like, what did I just do? (laughs) Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm sure you've done that in your life. And I was like, what did I, that's going to be weird when I see her at the office. Going to be super weird. But it just shows the human side of us. When you start talking to someone, it lowers your guard. When you start loving people, You just become yourself. And that's what we want. We want people to be themselves around us. But it's going to take our love and really acting in a loving kindness toward our friends and our family. Being consistent. Praying for them. Pray for other things, but pray for them every day. And then your invitation to spend time with you. To spend time with you. We have these few couples that come over. Uh, we do it like once a month. We have these movie night marathons, and it's awesome. And they knew who they are, and we just love it. We love it. We watched Lord of the Rings. One night we watched it two back to back. Not advisable. Not advisable. But it was amazing. And one of the people that come is not a disciple, but he is married to a disciple. And it's just awesome to see him be himself around us and us just hanging out and laughing and having a great old time. Spending time with people. It's awesome. It can be, and I, I, I like movies, you know, especially movies you can talk in. 
You know, you go, some, you go to a theater, you can't talk. When you're at your house, you can talk and ask questions. What do you mean by that? And they're like, he's about to tell you in three seconds. Oh, there's the answer. <laughs> there it is. Awesome time. Awesome time. So as we prepare the way for others, we have to reveal ourselves to others. Take time out of, in your schedule to mark out time to spend time with people on your list. And spend time with them. Because we, the vision is we want this church to be filled with our friends and our family. Amen. Let's pray together. God, thank you.